Hi, we're Visible, the wireless company with nothing to hide. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for $25 a month, taxes and fees included. Sorry, hidden fees, we're just not into you. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Sixers fans, it is the Out of Sight Podcast on the Liberty Bowlers Podcast Network. I am your host, Adil Royster. Chill ride, chill vibes as always. Uh, first and foremost, uh, my partner Dave Early, always in the house and in total, total Rex and Effect status. Dave, how you doing? <laughs> Rex and Effect. I like the throwback. Listen, I I I enjoy the classics. We need to get these youngsters in on the classics. You know what I mean? Yes. So, real quick, two things before we start with the with the basketball stuff. Uh, Eagles, number one seed in the NFL playoffs. Dave, I don't know about you, but I feel really good. The fact that they have the week off and they can rest and they can get Lane Johnson and Vontae Maddox back. And, you know, not having to leave the city of Philadelphia. But I will say... There's only one team I'm really worried about, and that's the San Francisco 49ers. That's that's where I stand right now. Yeah, I see on DraftKings that the 49ers have the same Super Bowl odds as the Eagles, which I find very surprising. The Eagles get not only a bye week, but home field, and they still think that the Niners have the same chances. So that tells me that if, that if they played in a neutral field scenario – um, like this, like it's going on in the AFC, that it would be a uh, 49ers significant favorites right now. Yeah, even with I, even with Purdy at the QB, which is a, sh- a testament to their coach, I guess. I I just think that uh, the 49ers have the most complete roster in the league. With the like, okay, yeah, like quarterback, sure, the Eagles probably definitely have the advantage there, but outside of that, top to bottom, I think the 49ers have the best roster in the league. Well, what about uh, what about receivers? Would you take AJ Brown and Devontae Smith over Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk? I, uh, by the slightest of margins, because Ayuk has actually been playing pretty well this season. So, I mean, it's, I'm not going to sit here and say it's a wash. I will say the Eagles definitely have a bit of the advantage, but you also can't, uh, count out George Kittle either. He's part of that receiving core. So there's also that. And the best, uh, running back in football. And too, the best so. running back in football. That that helps. Uh, moving on, last bit of NFL news. We're recording this at 6.30 p.m. on uh, Monday, January 9th. And I am happy, elated, extremely excited to report that if you did not know, uh, DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills has been released from the University of Cincinnati Hospital. And he is up and around doing well. And uh, big ups to DeMar Hamlin and his family. So, glad he's doing well so glad so glad that he's doing well i mean i was terrified watching that game and we usually record on that night i I was keeping my eye on it and when i heard that they were doing cpr on the field i was yeah never oh my god so thank thank god he's he's where he is at this point and uh hope he continues to improve all right, so is it a terrible segue if I go from DeMar Hamlin to uh, NBA injury news, starting off with Kevin Durant? Like, that's a terrible, that is an awful segue, but that's what I got to do. I'm sorry. I was, on, I was on TikTok, and I saw Lisa Salters in tears providing the update 
And the second they cut away, it goes chicken, 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 burger, Whopper, Burger King. And it was like, why do they always have to have this commercial right here? Okay, maybe um, it wasn't the worst segue there. So there are wor- there are worse segues, and Burger King's been guilty. <laughs> at, at least once or twice, maybe more yeah. than that. But yeah. yeah, news came out uh, today or yesterday that Kevin Durant has an MCL injury. And he is going to be sidelined for a few weeks and be the, the classic reevaluated in four weeks that we've come to enjoy so much as Sixers fans. Um, this is definitely going to put the Sixers Brooklyn game in a different context if Durant can't play. I just want to know, like, with the Sixers schedule the way it is, I think this is like prime, prime time to gain some ground on Brooklyn right now. Yeah, this is uh, just shy of one week to the day where he sprained his MCL, hyperextending it when Bruce Brown fell into his right knee, and now it's his left, Jimmy Butler. Uh, so it's not the same one, and they did, Woj did say he thinks it's going to be a shorter-term injury than the one a year ago, which cost him about six weeks between January 15th to March 3rd. Okay. So you don't want him to be out. He's one of the best players of all time, and he's playing like an MVP. But from the Sixers' perspective, you, you have a chance to gain some ground in the standings here 100%. And right now, the Sixers are two and a half games back of the Brooklyn Nets for the two seed. And this is after Brooklyn went on that wild, like, 10, 11 games. They've won 18, 18 of 20. That's the best in franchise history. So stretch for them, yeah. With with Brooklyn and how their schedule is looking, how how much of a drop off could there possibly be? Because I'm looking at their I'm looking at their schedule. They play Boston on Thursday, Oklahoma City, San Antonio. That's probably two wins. You should be able to beat Oklahoma City and San Antonio even without Kevin Durant. If you have you know if Kyrie's playing and the rest of the team is not too bad. The the Suns and Jazz, like those games are iffy because I I I'm not saying I believe in Utah, but I think Utah can win that game, especially if it's in Utah the way it is. And then Golden State and the Sixers, like that's kind of a rough stretch for Brooklyn. Uh yeah. I I do expect them to take the back. I do expect uh more of the focus and attention to fall on everyone's favorite Ben Simmons and maybe troll him for not putting up some numbers. Oh, Lord, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, you know, he's missed a lot of games in a lot of, of the, in his Nets tenure now, Durant. Right. You know, they, they nursed him along. First of all, he missed an entire season. Um, and then he played half of his first season back. He It might have worked to his advantage in some ways because, you know, he was averaging like 27 points per game before Achilles, and then he's averaging like 29. And you wonder... You know, COVID, condensed season, you look at a guy like James Harden who just had a hamstring injury and he looks like much less uh, what he was of himself with a much less severe injury than Kevin Durant. You're like, well, maybe these were some of the toughest years over the last couple on just people in general, not just NBA players. With this difficult looking stretch for Brooklyn, like I said, they are two and a half games up on the Sixers. Uh, they have a game and a half each on Milwaukee and Cleveland. Do you see either the Bucks, Cavs, or Sixers like leapfrogging Brooklyn, even if it's temporarily? 
The Nets went on an 11 game losing streak last year, uh, right around, was it like late January? So, following Durant's injury, I mean, they were just getting worked. So, it, it's, it's certainly in the range of outcomes for them to give up considerable ground. Um, I think, in a lot of ways, they're a more well rounded team now. They're not leaning on like a banged up and I want to be traded version of James Harden. Kyrie's not a part time player anymore. Right. That being said, what if we split the difference and just gave up a few games here and there? Uh, that opens the door for Cleveland and the Sixers. Now, it's that's not to say that the Sixers are not without their own injury issues. Yeah, uh, Joel Embiid and PJ Tucker look like they're going to be out for uh, this next the the Tuesday tomorrow's game against the Pistons. Joel's been upgraded to questionable for one of these games, right? I think He's... that came in today. He's upgraded to questionable. P.J. Tucker's probable, but then again, if you ask me, P.J. Tucker's been probable pretty much since the beginning of the season based on his play, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> listen, I have a brand to protect, David, okay? I'm just, I'm very much in the anti-Tucker oh, brand, and I have to, I'm yeah. sorry. Like, this, I just, I, I have a brand to protect. I have a legacy that I'm going for here this season, and, like, this is the hill I'm dying on. Um... I wouldn't mind at all if the Sixers gave Joel the next game off, the next game off. That would be the Pistons and Thunder at home. Two winnable games if they wanted to play this conservatively and bring him back for the first half of a back-to-back in Utah right? Uh, on the 14th. I would probably, if I was in that room with them, I would vote on that no matter what Joel says. Like, all right, this is t- now two left-foot injuries in six weeks. I don't know yeah. which foot had the plantar fasciitis is this the same foot i don't think they ever told us that but if it is 100 percent voting for caution take the extra two games these sixers can win at home against detroit and the thunder um the the flip side to that argument is get him a tune-up game because you got a really tough road trip coming up with back-to-backs with the lakers and clippers let's get him his his sea legs back but I'd rather him just feel 100% on the foot before he plays, and I trust his sea legs to return in the games. So what I would do is, like, you know, i definitely sit him against Detroit and Oklahoma City because I agree with you, they're both winnable games. I honestly think I would sit him against the Jazz, too, and then bring him back for mm. the second part of that back-to-back and then have him go Lakers, Clippers, Trailblazers, Kings. I like it. All um, on the road. I think I would rather have him play that first leg, that second leg of the back to back, as opposed to the first one. Just give him that extra day to, you know, get rested and healed up. You know. Well, which which of those two games at Utah? I think they're twenty and twenty three, or at Lakers is an easier win in your opinion? Without Anthony Davis, I think Lakers. And mind you, the rest of the Sixers will have played last night. If you did bring Joe back for the Lakers game. Right. The Lakers have ripped off five in a row. Um, But uh, would you agree with me that, like, without Anthony Davis, like, that seriously hinders their ability to at least slow down Joel Embiid? Like, LeBron can only do so much from a defensive standpoint from that. And, like, I don't know what other big men the Lakers have that could even kind of make a dent. Like, Like, I'm not... Like, I'm not out here being overly uh, cautious about Thomas Bryant. Like, that doesn't scare me. Uh, I guess I would I would peek the schedule. I would see if either of them are coming off of a back-to-back, if, if one of them is kind of tired themselves. 
Uh, I think it's kind of a wash. I mean, Utah, you do have some altitude that some players complain about. That's the uh, other but, thing. But you know Joel is not going to want to miss a Lakers game. It's probably going to be a national TV game, I would guess, too, right? And it's like, so. are you really trying to ask Joel to try to get a sea life back in the high altitude of Utah? Like, I don't know <laughs> if I want to make that his first game back. January 13th, Utah does play. January 14th, the Sixers are at Utah. So I think I would vote you bring him back for his first game back in Utah. They'll be tired. You won't. You win that game, and then you rest Joel against the Lakers the very next night. Okay. To, to me, that's the optimal strategy from a team perspective. You get three wins in a row or a really good chance at three wins in a row without Joel. Um, oh, no, sorry. Two wins in a row, and then you bring Joe back to get you the third win. And then the Lakers, you could bring Joel back and still lose because the rest of the guys are going to be tired. That's how I would do it. But it's not going to play out that way because Joe's going to want to play in Los Angeles no matter what. And then everybody's, well, I mean, he'll play in Los Angeles because he'll play against the Clippers on Tuesday. That's fine. Um, That's true. It's a good counterpoint. So, I mean, it, it, it's fine. And no no additional comment on P.J. Tucker. Like, I pretty much, like, you you just let me go on that one. We don't need to talk about P.J. Tucker anymore on this podcast tonight. I've said it a lot. I mean, I, I've said it. Like, send him whale watching. Send him on a cruise. Send him to the Caribbean. Give the man a month off. He's got, he had a knee procedure. He's 37 years old, going on 38. You've got him on a three-year deal that looks awful right now. He has a dead hand. Horrible. I want him to do two, two live legs and two live hands for the playoffs. Why are we pushing him, particularly when you have these three guard looks that have been gangbusters? So get Melton out there for him. Get Thibel more minutes. Get Niang, who looks much better than Tucker right now anyway, and wants to be in the three-point contest. We can get to after the break. Uh, plenty, plenty of ways to get PJ the rest he needs, and they just really haven't taken it. God awful, just god awful contract right now. Like, oh my god. Okay, uh, let, let's move on to some positives off of injury news. Uh, Tyrese Maxey looking very, very clean uh, after his uh, mm. his uh, stint on the IL. Uh, two games, uh, the the game against the Bulls, game against the Pistons, both games look really well. Twenty six against the Bulls, twenty three against the Pistons. A combined seven of sixteen from three, looking very spry. I'm I'm all in, like you said, on these three guard lineups, and the fact that Tyrese is back, taking a little bit more off of James Harden's plate, I kind of enjoy this. Like this is this is what we need. Like the answer is right there, Doc. Three guard lineup: Harden, Maxi. And Thibel, who we'll get into after the break. But Maxi has looked really good the last two games. I posted on my Twitter this one play where I think it was Trez who kicked it out to Tyrese, who does this lateral hop in the right corner. So he's not looking down at his feet. He manages to not step on the line or not step out of bounds. Like a I lot saw of this. Just have trouble doing. He catches it perfectly timed and then holds the follow through. In just the way you've seen Clay Thompson do ten thousand times, and you're like, that was subtle, but that was nasty. That was and nasty. That was gross in a good way. Yes, he would not have gotten that off if he hadn't done what he did uh, in terms of that little hop step, catching it on the hop with a very quick release. He was ready for the ball. He he hopped to the spot that he needed to to get the shot off because the defender was just shy, shading to the left a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um. 
And he knew that he needed to fully extend and hold his right arm through the make. Otherwise, he would have missed short. All things that are signs of a really, really confident and comfortable shooter. And I can't believe that he just keeps adding to his game like this. So right. really fun, really fun to watch this man play. We missed him so much when he was out from a fun perspective and from a winning perspective. And when you look at, like we said, the next couple of games, like there aren't really too many matchups where you would have to run out Embiid, Harris and PJ Tucker to start games like you can start games with these three guard lineups like you don't need you don't need MB PJ and Tobias against Detroit or Oklahoma City or Utah like you don't need that the Lakers maybe sure but like outside of that the, the next real big man that you're gonna have to face is what Jokic Jokic Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. like that you wouldn't it. you wouldn't have any concerns about one of Harden or Maxi catching some finish yams from Laurie Markkinen uh, we we can get into that after the break. Like that's coming. Like I have to talk about I have to talk about my adopted Finnish son. Like that's gonna happen. Um, but before we do all of that, we're gonna go into the break, pay some of these ads, and uh, satisfy the sponsors here on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. This is the Out of Sight Podcast for January 9th, two thousand twenty-three. Back after these words. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Is the outside podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network? Adio and Dave back at it, back with you here. We talked about some of these three guard lineups going into the break, and now that we're out of the break, we're going to expand on that a little bit more because Dave wrote a nice little column this past week that was uh, that was uh, linked by Mister William Simmons. So uh, <laughs> big ups to you, Dave. Oh, uh, thank you. I, I've never had a column retweeted by Simmons, so you know what? Like one of, us, one of us on this podcast is doing better than the other in terms of the <laughs> writing and the getting their name out there. I'm I'm incredibly jealous right now. I'm tempted to go back and search all his takes and just start piggybacking off <laughs> so, so, so maybe he can say, Hey, I always thought so. <laughs> but I do agree with the the title of the uh post. Like Bible is so good when he's out there and it's really, really confusing how little he plays. The Sixers, you commented, following the Ben Simmons deal, the Sixers were 14 and 6. In 660 possessions last season, a, a unit with Thibel had a plus 20.3 differential scored 123.3 points per 100 possessions and allowed 103. That's ridiculous. And I don't know who is making some of these decisions. And I get it. You had the money. You felt you wanted to 
pay PJ Tucker because you needed some of this. Whoa, like... this isn't about PJ Tucker right now. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> you can You're still right. play Matisse. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> no, I listen. It's one or the other for me. You play Matisse. You play PJ Tucker. It's one or the other. You can't play both. <laughs> like that's like you're basically playing three on five at that point. You can't do that. But anyway, um, and this the best example recently was the CJ McCollum guarding. Like, oh, unbelievable. He, you he's ran. blocking him from behind. He's staying in front of him. He's poking the ball away and creating fast breaks. And then he sits after two minutes of doing that and doesn't come back in. And you're like, unbelievable. Ooh. And uh, this, this line was absolutely fantastic. And it made me laugh. Uh, it was just like an order of operations. See CJ go to work, see Matisse slow him down, see Matisse sit, see CJ resume cooking, all collectively shrug. I could not <laughs> stop laughing at my desk at that. Oh, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I made you laugh. We were all just like, well, of course he's cooking again because the one guy, and I love Melton as a defender, um, but he doesn't navigate screens to the same degree that Thibel does. So while he's great to have out there, he creates millions of deflections. He's an absolute you know, closer for this team. Now you want him out there in crunch time. If you are facing a Steph Curry or a CJ uh, or, or to some degree, a Zach Levine, a guy who just moves a lot in the half court flow, mm -hmm. he, he can die on some of those screens in a way that Matisse won't. And obviously you get the, the offense from Melton, which is why he's so much more of a valuable player. Sure. But, they, but it's, isn't all mutual exclusive. You could get Matisse out there for him sometimes and then play them both at other times. And that's and that's what I'm saying. Like you could easily slide in Matisse. Like I don't think he's gonna like bang with some of the stronger fours in the league, but you know, no. he's he's at least gonna do some things and it's not gonna get like a, a John Collins who's gonna right. spot up anyway. And Matisse right now, let's face it, he's better in the dunker spot than PJ. If he catches it, he can actually dunk it. He can actually go up and dunk. He's not just sitting in the corner and, like, that's all he's good for. Like, you can do so much with Matisse in the lineup from the dunker spot, sli slashing and cutting. And, you know, the three-point shot is hit or miss. Yeah, hit or very miss, I should say. But, like I've always said about him, at least he still attempts to put up threes when he's wide open like that. He had five steals against Detroit. Uh, the day that my post came out, he actually did not have a great game against Chicago. He was like a minus 13. I'll defend him a little bit just to say, well, he played quite a few of those minutes without either of Joel Embiid or James Harden. It's tough for anyone to finish with a good plus minus under those circumstances. You right. and I are both on the record. We don't want these minutes without either Harden or Embiid, especially as Tyrese has acclimated back to basketball from his month off or whatever. Um, I was going to say it's the Dave Early curse, but then again, like when you <laughs> outline that, it's just like, yeah, it's kind of hard for somebody to have positives when the two stars are both sitting on the bench. He, you know, he's not a perfect player. He is going to foul a jump shooter here and there. He's definitely going to do the wrong thing on offense, set up in the wrong spot. Um, but he, he his expected win is plus 23. That's right in line with Joel Embiid, and it's like nine better than Harden in about half the minutes of Harden. So maybe he shouldn't be playing 25, 30 minutes a game, but maybe he shouldn't be playing 11. Clearly, they should be playing around with what the sweet spot is for his minutes and push it to the limit until they realize where that limit is because they haven't found it. 
I think maybe it's like 18 for Melton, 15 for Thibault, if you can somehow squeeze that in somehow. Well, you got to play Melton more than 18 minutes, but... Mm, yeah, probably, probably closer to 20. Like, if you take some of Shake's minutes and give them to D'Anthony Melton and then uh, give Matisse, like, 15, depending on the matchup, like, if there's a lot of wings out there, then, yeah, you want Matisse Thibault out there. I'm sorry. I would go thirty or more for Melton these days. Really? Yeah the the way he's the way he's flame throwing this last month or so. Like, yeah, you. I, I think I agree with you that you want Melton to. getting yeah. starters minutes at this point. He's earned it to the to the way that Danny Green earned it. Um, right. His yeah. minutes his minute totals over the last handful: 35, 30, 31, 31, 37, 26, 23. So that's a good comp, Danny Green. That's a good comp. Uh, speaking of flamethrowers, George Niang, holy Lord, what kind of a run is this guy on? And Keith Pompey tweeted this afternoon. I don't know if you saw it, but, uh, George Niang wants to be in the three point contest. Let's do it. I'm all for it now. I mean, he's wet. Let's go. He's wet. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he's shooting 42% from three this season. And that's that's a, what's crazy is that's about his average. Um, what's for, crazy is how is when he's taking these two. He's just just right off. It's like, no, nah, I'm not going to I'm not going to dribble. I'm not going to waste time in any of that nonsense. Just like, give me the ball. It's going up like no, I, I don't know how many no wasted com- motion completely covered. Or, or like diving out of bounds in the baseline corner, hitting it with movement, and it goes in without hitting the rim like yesterday against Pistons. Here's what he said. Absolutely, I would definitely consider that. I think that would be a cool event. I've never done something like that, so I definitely would be excited to take part in that. To be honest, I'm so simple. I just bleep and go out there and shoot the ball and try to make every shot that I shoot out there. All that other stuff would be fun. It would be fun to take part in it. I'd really enjoy it. Shout out to Kai Carlin, Sixers Wire from the quotes. Um, especially with it being back in Utah where he played. Oh, yeah. But I just try to control what I can control. So I'd love to see it. The Sixers deserve a guy like him out there. Um, the fans deserve to see it, too, with all the injuries that we've been watching with Harden, Maxi, Embiid, PJ. Um, so it'll be super fun to see Minivan out there try to win this thing. I mean, I, I do kind of worry a little bit because it's the whole thing about, like, guys in the home run derby and then they slump after the derby guys in the three mm. point contest and maybe they slump mm. after the patty, patty mills last year that happened to him patty mills last year great example like that's the only thing i would really be worried about but it would be extremely fun to see george nia in three point contest and just have you know somebody out there yelling bang bang george niang yeah that, that would be fun. I wouldn't worry about any any jinx. I mean, the, the truth is we see a guy out there in the three-point contest and we kind of just expect him to shoot 50% the rest of the season. And then we don't. We're like, whoa. Yeah. He only shot 35% the rest of the way. But um, I, I, in the game. I, listen, I want, the, I want the minivan to do the Larry Bird treatment. I want him to walk into the locker room, look at everybody in the locker room, all the other competitors, and just do the Larry Bird and just look at everybody and just be like, all right. Which one second place? Which one? Which one? Which one of you MFers is coming in second? <laughs> yes, and he he is a trash talker, and he could redeem Tyrese. Remember, Tyrese still goes viral for his. Oh meet, yeah, and Scotty Barnes couldn't hit one shot in whatever that thing was they did. 
Yeah, I think I think it would be a lot of fun to see George in a three point contest. Uh, let let me just end with this real quick. Uh, what I would really love to see is uh my new adopted Finnish son Lowry Markinen in the dunk contest. I don't know if people have been following people follow me on Twitter. I don't know if you've seen the clips that I'm throwing up of my adopted son, but I swear he's not just collecting bodies this season. He's collecting souls. Like first it Ooh, was I like that. First it was Sabonis, and then he just absolutely warhammered Nikola Vucevic the other day. I'm like, what has gotten into this kid this season? Like I've never seen this from Larry Markinen. I'm enjoying it so much. I like I like how much passion you have for the international players around the NBA. Yes, yes. It's, it's I know, kind of, I know it's you have a my soft thing. spot. I know you have a soft spot for international players on all teams. Um. What do you what do you think about the All Star voting so so far? We have Joel. I think he's in third place ahead of Jason Tatum, which would actually bump Tatum from the starting front court. I think that uh, I think the All Star voting itself is fine. I'm not completely. I don't have any. Um, well, looking at the voting results right now, I don't really have any issues with where the votes are going. But at the same time, I do agree with a lot of people when they say that the All-Star game should be positionless. However, you can swing that and make it happen because Jason Tatum deserves to be in the starting lineup this season. Joel Embiid deserves to be in the starting lineup this season. There's no feasible reason why they both can't be in the starting lineup of the All-Star game. There's none whatsoever. Well, especially when the fans vote and you get like Derek Rose, who's not even in the rotation in New York, yeah. ahead of Jalen Brunson. That makes no. That makes that is that makes absolutely no sense. Like <laughs> Derek Rose is getting more votes than Darius Garland right now, and that is absolutely criminal. Like this is why this is, and it goes back to a point that I've always made: fan voting. I like it's fine, it's fun, but let's not be ridiculous about this. Like fans can get their vote. But it doesn't weight so heavily on the fan vote. Like there has to still be like so, some common sense needs to be established here. Harden's not going to make it as a starter through voting. He did finish surprisingly high in the early returns that I saw on Twitter. But do you think he'll make it as a reserve? Uh, it would break his streak of like eleven straight years if he didn't. I think. Looking at the guard spots, it would not surprise me if he didn't make a reserve spot especially yeah. especially if he's just like all right i'm just gonna take the all-star break and i'm just gonna rest which is what he should do anyway well but, he might do that even if he does make the team he wouldn't be the first but um i'd rather see jalen brown in that game i'd rather see trey young in that game i think i would rather see uh honestly i would really love to see tyrese halliburton in that game i really would tyrese halliburton is playing very well this season i think he needs to be recognized yeah, that that hits a nerve for, for fans who wish they traded for him instead of Harden. Well, you know, I, what what are you gonna do? You know, you you make the trade, you make the trades that you have to make, and like Halliburton, I don't know what kind of, I don't know how far he would have pushed the needle like compared to Harden. Like Harden, you had to make that deal if he was available. As long as you got one of these thirty players, like apparently Derrick Rose, you would have been fine. Yeah, I, I the the <laughs> fact that Derek the fact that Derek Rose is getting more votes than Darius Garland. That's and and in the West you got Austin Reeves, so who gets MVP chance routinely. 
I mean, listen, the Lakers, the Lakers haven't had much to cheer for this season, so you gotta and you Westbrook, gotta them, you gotta let them go, you know. And uh, Westbrook, <laughs> yeah. The, okay, that that's the other thing. The fact that Russell Westbrook has more votes than Damian Lillard or Devin Booker just makes me really question the whole fan voting thing. Like Halliburton, Darius Garland, Devin Booker, yeah, unbelievable. There's no, there's no reason why Russell Westbrook should have more votes than than any of those guys. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know how this is happening. Russell Westbrook has almost as many votes as Jimmy Butler, which is which is absolutely ridiculous. We can vote as many times as we want, right? So maybe it's like four people just voting for Russ and Rose over and over. Like it's still 2014. It's it's Russell Westbrook and his family. Like that's about it. Like I'm yeah. not voting for Russell Westbrook. You're not voting for Russell Westbrook. Like I, <laughs> anybody watching basketball in 2023 that is not related to Russell Westbrook directly should not be voting for him for All Star. That's right. <laughs> All right. I, I guess we can end it there. Just like busting Russell Westbrook's balls for like two minutes, which is fine. I I, I do it on the regular anyway because you know his. His his MVP season like should have been Harden's, but I, I that's right. It should have been Harden's. I digress. I digress. If, if on you this wanted podcast. to say, if you wanted to say Kawhi and Harden share it, I could have been sold on that. Yes, twenty seventeen. But Westbrook, absolutely not. Like I'm not. Yeah. No. But uh, we'll we'll end it there. And uh, this has been the Out of Sight Podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. I'm Adil Royster. Uh, read the site, libertyballers.com. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Adil B. Royster. You can follow Dave at David Early. You can follow Liberty Ballers at Liberty underscore Ballers. Check everything out. Go Sixers against Pistons tomorrow night. And uh, yeah, Eagles one seed. You want to go to the Super Bowl, you got to come through Philly. That's just how it works now. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Good luck covering those two. For real. Until next week, we're going to get out of here. Talk to everybody soon. Peace, peace, love, and Sixers. We're out of here. visible we're the wireless company with nothing to hide seriously hidden fees we don't have them annual contracts not our thing great wireless on just one line now that's more like it get unlimited 5g data powered by verizon for just 25 dollars a month taxes and fees included that's right 25 a month every month sorry hidden fees we're just not that into you sometimes the choice is just visible switch today at visible.com rate with service on the visible plan for additional terms and network management practices see visible.com